0: All right, at the end of the second period, it's Merrimack three, Main one. Hockey's first round series here at Merrimack College in North Andover, Mass. Mike with John Leahy, uh, Mike McAdoo is now from MacReport. dot com. Also, folks, check out his work on the Tribune. dot com, also Richzone. dot all talking insider, all talking news. dot uh, com, uh, Mike, two, two periods of play here. Uh, Main's ain't hanging around, I'll tell you. At the end of two periods here, they got that goal, and uh, they outplayed Merrimack in the last uh, 10, 10, 12 minutes of that period after going down 3-0. It also seemed like they really
1: started taking physical play to the Warriors. Probably should have done it earlier in the game. Yeah, that's where I thought they really had a lot of success against Boston University on Saturday. I watched that game last night. That's really where they had a lot of success against BU. They were physical. They were in their face. I mean, a lot of pressure on the points, a lot of pressure on the forecheck. Uh, they didn't give BU any time with the puck. Uh, obviously, I mean, you get some luck, too, if you're going to win 8-1. to I mean, you run away with a game like that. Uh, you know, you're not going to have a score that lopsided very often. But still, I thought they all played BU on Saturday in a big, big way. And a lot of that was the pressure they provided But and obviously established a physical. Play as well, so it looked like in the second half of that that second period, Maine had gotten back to that a little bit, where maybe they struggled to do it early in the game. Yeah, and then the next goal is going to be a
0: big one. Once it got to three to nothing, you never got to four, and pretty much lights out at that point. But Maine was able to turn
1: the tide, I thought, after that pretty effectively. Yeah, and and I mean, I thought they did a good job here in this this uh, this penalty kill, Merrimack on the power play here at the end of the second. yeah, i got to survive another nine seconds here, but it looks like we'll be even uh, pretty early here into the third. Uh, and, yeah, if they, if they can hold I mean, they put themselves in a position they can beat. Like I said, if they get the next goal, especially if they can get it in the first six, seven minutes of the period, before, before that first media timeout of the third, I, you would think they got to be feeling pretty good about where they stand. Yeah. I think right now you look at the difference. Certainly the points of the power play goal and like the call that was made in the first period that
0: led to the uh, led to the power play where they scored the goal but, but also uh, you look at the, the, the beginning of the second period and Merrimack just keeps them to come out on fire and, and aim up back at their heels for really the first four minutes so of that period. You know I mean you can't allow Philip mark to go in there with the kind of chance that he had that hard oh, man rush, you know, and then you also had the goal by uh, Capone where they were able to uh, you know get a puck in deep and have a guy
1: put a battle in front of and put it in. The goal by Capone too was just they, they shot the puck more. And there were times in the first period where I thought they overpassed the puck. Merrimack did. Overpassed the puck, passed up opportunities to shoot, tried to make one too many passes, and, and I mean six shots in the first period. It's not enough. Uh, and, and I thought in the first five, six, seven minutes of that second period, there was a, a big focus on getting more pucks to the net. We'll ask Scott Boring after the game. My guess is that, that may have been the message after the first was you know, stop overpassing the puck. let's get more shots to the net. They did a good job of that early in the second period, and it led to the Capone goal. The Capone goal comes off of a rebound in front. He wins a battle. I mean, a lot of that was just a lot more pucks going to the net in the first five to six minutes of that second period. Mike McMahon, i guest here. And uh, so, Mike, uh, let's take a look around the league as well see what's going on
0: there. No surprises, I'm guessing, from your standpoint, with Providence leading Vermont uh, by a goal there, and then uh, also now Boston College leading UNH by a couple.
1: Yeah, I mean, no... No big, big surprises yet with the with the, the, the two home t- oh, the three home teams winning, if you, if you include this one. But uh, as we saw, the end of, of the regular season was a little nuts. A lot of teams really close. Uh, and, and we've got some close games here going into the third period, so it should really be no surprise. Uh, who do you like in the tournament, I guess? Uh, is it even worth talking about that
0: at this point? Because it feels like almost anything could happen. Like, you, know, you get five teams sitting this one out waiting to see what happens and who's going to play. The weekend, we know if Merrimack wins this game, they'll go to UMass Bowl. If Maine wins this game, they'll go to Northeastern. And, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, Maine would go to Northeastern, right. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, both those clubs certainly provide their own challenges. Uh, Northeastern seems to me like, uh, granted, they are. but even though UMass is the defending
1: champion, at least to me, I think it might be the team to beat. Yeah, and a lot of that comes down to the goaltender. Like we said the other night, I think Devin Levi is the best goalie in, in the league, and, and probably, for my money, the best goalie in the country. So, uh, as we were saying the other night, you know, you could play a team like that uh, and only need one goal to win. That's all Northeastern needed on Saturday. Uh, at most, usually on most nights, you only need two. Uh, if you score three goals against him, you're in pretty good shape. And, and honestly, I mean, Northeastern kind of needs that. They've had some guys that have stepped up lately. Uh, and it provided more offense. Obviously, McDonough's done it all year. Uh, Colangelo's looked good lead recently. Jack Hughes, but really, you know, they've, they've had some
0: guys. They've had some guys banged up. Too right, Colangelo was hurt. Escobian has been out for a while now. Looks like he's out for the rest of the year. Dylan Jackson's been out for the rest. Of, you know, for I think the rest of the year since earlier on. Ty Jackson got hurt. They've actually had a number of guys banged up. But you're right. I mean, they didn't score at the level that I thought they would going into the season. But not am really, Not really sure how much of that is because because uh, they just had a lot. They never really had their whole lineup together
1: at any given point. Yeah, that's true. They, they've just been so inconsistent, I think, in their scoring. But it hasn't mattered when you have a goalie that is allowing under two goals a game and stops 95% of the shots these days. Yeah, and he <laughs> and shuts cool. out the opponent in every other game. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not a bad thing to have in your
0: back pocket. Okay. So uh, elsewhere, I mean, BC to me has been one of the teams to keep an eye on, really, a Dark Horse here at the tournament. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see... Uh, They may end up matched up within the next round, assuming they win their game tonight, but BU to me has also always been a a team that's been a threat, Uh, they've they've been probably the hottest team in the league over the last couple of months. and then you wonder if UConn's going to be able to right
1: the ship there and,
0: and turn it on here for
1: the postseason. They haven't won a hunt east tournament here yet. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Somebody said to me yesterday, oh, you know, UConn, uh, they had those couple of wins against Merrimack, and then they really struggled down the stretch. And They, they did lose a game to Vermont over the weekend, uh, but the other games that they lost to down the stretch were against Northeastern and UMass. So it's like, you know... Yeah, they didn't win games. you got to try to beat those teams. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, let's be real. You're of the top two teams in the league uh, and you don't win games and they were still close games. I mean, I don't think that that means that they're necessarily struggling. I think it just means that they played some pretty good teams and couldn't, didn't find a way to get over the finish line, uh, but they would still be a team, I think, that's dangerous to match up with. They're pretty deep. Some of their guys have struggled early in the year and have started to pick up their play recently, Johnny Evans being one. Uh, so he was hurt too earlier, so that be why. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Guarantee that could be. A th- I mean really I-, I know I said this the other night but 1 through 1 through 6 maybe 1 through 7 uh, definitely 1 through 7 with Providence 1 through 7 in the conference tournament any of those 7 teams any combination of those 7 could be the four teams in the garden They go 1 through 8 and that be seen uh, BC, I think, you know, they have the talent up front. They're getting the goaltending recently. It, it hasn't been consistent throughout the course of the year. Now, can, can they... The problem now, well, not the problem, but the thing now with the tournament is with single elimination, you don't have to either really even put a run together. You just got to win two games and you're there. So, uh you know. They could get it over the next two games. I mean, they got it over the weekend against UMass. Golf played well, played well in that second game against BU as well. But that they've just been so wildly inconsistent. You know, I, I, I wouldn't feel. Let me put it this way: if I'm going to pick, I wouldn't feel comfortable picking BC just because I think their their play has been inconsistent. Uh, I would feel much more comfortable picking you know anyone else in the top ten. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's
0: together, so we'll have to see what happens. But of course, in UMass and UMass the Bowl. Seeds, you know, the defending champion UMass, a team that has won it many times in UMass
1: Bowl. Yeah, and those teams are both <laughs> pretty pretty deep, you know, first line, the fourth line, they both have good goaltenders, Savary's been, I think we'd be talking about Owen Savary is one of the best goalies in, in the nation, maybe the best goalie in the league if Devin Levi wasn't in the league, so... <laughs> Uh, you know he's he's obviously one of the top goaltenders as well. So uh, and, and Lowell just play such a hard game. I mean they're so hard to play against when you had a goalie uh, like him behind that type. of team, We saw it when they had Connor Hellebuck. We saw it when they had Tyler Wall. When you had a good a good goalie behind a defense that, that already steps out a lot of the chances, they're just so hard to play. Against. And UMass, as we said, I mean you know, this is the team that's got the most experience of anybody
0: there in the defending national champions. Well, isn't it funny how we have these teams that you know UMass. Before, Get there, but the last, you know, three, four years now, they've been right up there at the top of the league, and now it's almost it's almost, yeah. it's almost
1: like you expected it. Oh yeah, sure, UMass, yeah, they're good. Yeah, and that, I think that kind of happened at Lowell for a while. I mean, and, and they've had a couple of inconsistent years, but for the most part, they've been right there since Northern Base. The same thing with Nate Lehman at Providence. I mean, it's kind of been the same script of uh, teams that, and even even Northeastern, uh, you know, since Jim Madigan got there and Jerry Keith got involved. So a lot of teams that have had, maybe uh, traditionally been a little more up and down in the league, have all of a sudden kind of cemented themselves, you know, right at the top. And for, for a long time, I mean, 20 years ago, there was the big four BC, BU, Maine, UNH, and they it kind of feels like we, we have a little bit of that again. It's just different teams, and, and you know it comes and goes. It goes in cycles. But uh, right now, I mean, UMass has been as much of a staple as, as any team in the country at the top of their league. All
0: right, I'm gonna let you go, but really quick in about ten seconds uh, for each.
1: Can you give me a uh, what do you see in the third period here with Merrimack with two goal lead the third? I think it's the same for both. I think you know obviously down two goals if you're you got to get a lot of pucks if you go all last You got to try to make him play the puck. You got you want to get pucks low. I think on the taller goaltender. Try to get them off the patch. Try to get a rebound. And if you're Merrimack, same thing. Got to get more pucks in the net. That's what you did at the beginning of the second. One more goal, you can probably put the game away. I think you go back to what worked there in the first four minutes and second. All right. Thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, The Warriors move on after this. We'll talk to you
0: again down the road. Otherwise, uh, we won't. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Mike McMahon, our guest here with the score.
1: Merrimack three, main, one. After two periods, back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.